Physicians are increasingly being reviewed by patients on websites such as Yelp, HealthGrades, and Vitals. In an effort to increase transparency and exert some control over that process, some healthcare organizations have created their own platforms for sharing patient reviews online. I'm Stephen Morrissey, Managing Editor of the New England Journal of Medicine, and I'm talking with Vivian Lee, Senior Vice President for Health Sciences at the University of Utah. Dr. Lee has written a perspective article about physician review websites and how making patient feedback public can lead to better care. Dr. Lee, you write in your article that Yelp reviews reveal information similar to that covered by patient satisfaction surveys, as well as some additional information. What can physician review websites offer that standard methods of assessing patients' experiences don't offer? Well, that's a great question, Steve. Online review sites are able to aggregate large numbers of feedback points, whether it's in the retail side or in the healthcare side, and I think that's really their power. In terms of healthcare, generally we rely on some word of mouth in terms of patient experiences, but usually it's a very narrow group of individuals that we just happen to know or talk with. And so moving these large on-site commercial entities towards healthcare really starts to create an environment of much more massive scale of feedback than we've ever seen before in healthcare. So you also read that by giving five-star reviews to higher performing systems, patients can help drive quality and value in the healthcare market in a way they've never been able to before. Are there actually providers that have made substantial changes as a result of patient feedback? We've seen at the University of Utah over the last maybe eight or nine years now since we started getting patient feedback through our patient satisfaction surveys, significant overall cultural change in the organization. It happened at the individual level with individual physicians getting feedback and seeking opportunities for changing their practices, whether it was their own interactions with patients or the interactions of their staff or other providers that are part of their healthcare teams because they're all evaluated together, or at the level of the entire system where, for example, system-wide there are issues of access or convenience that we could address at large, like parking, for example. But I think the most important cultural change in our organization was just this very candid, direct, almost real-time feedback with relatively large numbers that was impossible for anyone to ignore. So when you practice medicine, most of us feel like we're doing a good job, we're under a lot of pressure, we're doing a lot of things, we are committed to patient care. But it's unusual, or it had been unusual up until the point in which we started collecting the data, to get that feedback from each individual patient in terms of whether they felt we were delivering an exceptional patient experience, which is what our goal was. And so in the face of all of that feedback, it was impossible to imagine all of that feedback not having an impact on the way our organization felt as a delivery system. And the shift to patient-centeredness, just a much more patient-centered organization, I think, happened over the first few years that we started collecting the data. And many of the practices that were shared across the institution I think were reflective of local areas of feedback being recognized as relevant across the entire institution. For example, our nurses instituted a practice during shift changes of each nurse introducing the next person coming on, of telling the patient something interesting about that new nurse that was coming on service, and doing a proper face-to-face handoff with the new nurse. 
And when one team started doing that, the rest of the organization heard about it and said, absolutely, that's what we need to be doing. Our patients need to understand who their providers are and be able to put a face to the name and even identity to the name. And that improved patient communication and improved the patient's understanding of instructions and the ability for us to communicate more effectively with our patients. So looking at it from the patient's end, is there evidence that patients are using these publicly available reviews to make more informed decisions, that they're choosing higher quality physicians or higher quality hospitals because of these reviews? It's not clear to me at a macro level whether that's definitely happening. I imagine that it is having some influence. Certainly within our own system, we know that our web traffic has increased substantially ever since we started posting our patient reviews online. We started doing that in December of 2012, so we have about four years of experience there. And we see that with the increased traffic, there is an increased demand for those physicians that have the higher scores. That doesn't mean that those who have lower scores lose many patients. We actually are just in the midst of doing an analysis of that right now. But clearly, the physicians who have the higher scores do see an increase in demand for their services. One of the, I think, more controversial aspects of our online review system is just to what degree patient reviews, positive patient reviews, in fact, reflect higher quality or better outcomes. And I think with respect to that, it's very important to assess the quality of the questions in terms of how we are obtaining the feedback. So our questions are very much focused on communication with the patients, engagement of our patients in decision-making, on respect for the patients, and then we do have some practical questions, for example, on wait time. But most of the questions are really about that physician-patient communication, engagement, and relationship. And I believe very strongly that there is a very strong correlation between a strong patient-physician communication relationship and the quality of care that is received. So looking back before December 2012, What was the reaction of physicians when the University of Utah first proposed posting these patient reviews online and publicly? And how did you address any concerns that those physicians might have had? Well, that's a terrific question because I do get asked, how did you impose this on your faculty and on your physician workforce? And I'll tell you that the idea of posting the scores online actually came from one of our surgeons. Dr. Courtney Scaife actually is one of our oncologic surgeons and One of her friends has suggested that she Google herself, and when she did, one of the commercial physician review sites popped up as the number one hit. And on that website, there were just a handful of reviews, and a couple of them were very negative. And having received hundreds of authenticated patient reviews through our own system, she knew she wasn't perfect, but she also knew that the reviews that were on this commercial website did not reflect what patients really thought about her. So she actually came to us and said, We have hundreds of real patients. We know they're authenticated because they only get the survey if they've come through our healthcare system. We have hundreds of pieces of data. We should be sharing that data with the public because when I am a patient or I'm the mother of a patient or the daughter of a patient, I want to have that data when I'm choosing a provider for my own family members. And so it actually came from our physicians, this idea of starting to post our patient satisfaction scores and our patient reviews online. Now, when we started discussing it, started socializing this idea, maybe about three or four months before we actually did it, 
there were some physicians who were concerned about it because we only maybe take down a handful of reviews a year because they're considered by legal counsel to be in some way inappropriate for putting online. But really, the vast, vast majority of all of our reviews are posted. And so our physicians have no opportunity to screen or filter them. And so you feel vulnerable, understandably. But we went through some conversations and we said, when you go to other commercial websites, it's when you see two or three really negative reviews of that amazing book that you read that convinces you that it's actually real. It's a real website because there are bound to be some people who are negative and you just need to have a little bit of thicker skin and understand that the positive reviews or the accurate reviews are actually very beneficial for an organization to learn and improve and for an individual to learn and improve. And it definitely creates a stronger sense of trust with our community. That degree of transparency, I think people were really amazed at the time when we started it. We were the first in the country to start posting our scores and our reviews online. Uh, And it really engendered a lot of trust with the community, and I think it was the right direction to go. How does an organization know, how do you know if you're getting responses from a representative sample of patients or whether you're just hearing from outliers? That's a great question. You never know exactly who you're getting. What you do hope for is reasonable numbers, and we receive over 60,000 reviews a year, about 13% now. When we started, it was a little bit higher. And when you compare that response rate to, for example, HCAPs or others where we only have in the order of hundreds of patient reviews that are determining our overall score, I think the tens of thousands that we review, that we receive over time do tell a reasonably accurate story. If anything, based on marketing research from our business school colleagues, you tend to get more negative responses than positive responses in patient or customer reviews. And so if anything, we are likely to be erring more on the critical reviews than on the complimentary reviews. And so I think that we feel at least over multiple years worth of data that we are getting a reasonably accurate picture of what our patients think about us. We only post the scores and the reviews online for physicians once they reach a threshold of receiving at least 30 reviews per period. So we don't post if there's only a handful of reviews for exactly that concern. But once we exceed about 30, we think that we get a reasonably representative pool of responses. So finally, do you think that more healthcare systems are going to be adopting this approach, are going to be going in the direction of increased transparency, and what's it going to take to encourage them to do it? Oh, that's a wonderful question, Steve. Absolutely. The future of all services and including healthcare is transparency. The internet has just made that crystal clear, I think, to all of us. And we are a little bit slow to adopting that philosophy in healthcare. Of course, we have uh, privacy concerns, which we take very seriously. But despite the issues of privacy, I think that there is a significant role for transparency to play in terms of our overall drive towards improving value for our patients who are our customers. And that transparency that we started here at the University of Utah around patient satisfaction, the patient experience in 2008, that journey, it easily has translated over now into more transparency about quality and about cost. About four or five months ago, we started posting online a cost estimator for our patients for the top 100 indications or studies or laboratory tests that we perform for our patients so that they could go in and enter their health insurance information and then estimate what their out-of-pocket costs are going to be. Similarly, nationally, there's a big push towards increased transparency and quality measures, and I think as we start to have 
more clarity on what really accurate measures of quality are and how we're defining quality and outcomes, not only in terms of the process measures that we do now, but also in terms of what are valuable to patients in terms of outcomes. I think we need to definitely drive towards more transparency about those data as well. Our patients are never going to be completely informed consumers in the sense that there is a lot of information asymmetry in healthcare and in medicine. There's no doubt about that. But to the degree to which they can understand differences in quality and outcomes, we should feel that responsibility in making it as clear as possible and understandable as possible so that they can make the best choices and drive quality in our system. Thank you, Dr. Lee.